How's it going, everyone? It's Rob and Johnny. Welcome to episode 13 of MMRK. Rob, it's been a, a full-on week for, for MMA. We watched the uh, fight night on the weekend. I know you want to be talking a lot about that today. It, it has. It has. Um, yeah, it was interesting fight night on the weekend. We have the big UFC pay-per-view event um, next week. Mm-hmm. But, mate, let's talk. Let, let's just... Bring up what everyone's talking about is, <laughs> is me absolutely demolishing you a few days ago at Street Fighter uh, Six, man. I am I, still, I am still riding that high. I, uh, I, I don't know what I can say. I haven't, I haven't slept yet. I've been partying since then. So, um, look, if you don't know what Rob is talking about, we'll link it in the description below. We fought each other at Street Fighter Six. The way it went is, I was winning. Like I think it was five to four. I was up. And then you just got seven seven straight. It was ridiculous. It absolutely oh, destroyed I, me in the end. I, I think it was a little. Uh, it went a little different. I was just warming up. I was finding the kinks, you know, finding my groove FM. again. And then, and then yeah. I was like, all right, the the, the, the gloves are off. <laughs> we, we had literally not practiced. Like we were learning moves on the go. It's it's hilarious. So if if you do want to watch that, please in the description below. And you know, if you like to see more of that stuff, let us know. We can always play some some other games. Maybe That's some it. Diablo. <laughs> Let us know. We um we are very open to suggestions. Told you this time and time again about yeah. suggestions and and how they influence us into what we bring onto the show. Um, for sure. Suggestions for games would be also appreciated because if if that's what you want to see, give us some suggestions. We're always we aim to please. But 100%. with that, you know, it leads us into our UFC segment. Hundred percent. <laughs> segmente i mean it sounds fancy <laughs> it sounds like a word <laughs> so this is going to be like the main talking po- it's been the main talking point in, in the in mma for the past week mm-hmm. it is the robbery quote-unquote of of kai kara france so kai kara mm-hmm. france mm-hmm. in the fight night first almir Abazi for the main event and the judges gave it to Albazi. Rob, I want to get your thoughts on this because you were you were hyping up Kai Kara France a lot uh, in the last podcast and gave the prediction to him. And by the end of it, not only were the live odds in favor of Kai, but everyone, a lot of people, I would say the majority, were like, he definitely won that fight. And it turns out that he lost in the eyes of at least two of the judges, two or three of the judges. What did you think about that fight? Well, you can see that both guys obviously had a lot of respect for each other. Yeah. I feel like that was – I almost feel like there was too much respect because mm. they just weren't pulling the trigger enough, especially for such an important fight because this fight potentially is is number one contender. You know, I don't know if it was yeah. confirmed. It probably was. But, um, yeah, it's it was for no, the number one contender spot. You know, Kai getting another shot at that and Amir – uh, running for the belt. So I feel like they should have been trying to push that pace a little bit. And and you got to give it to Amir. He was pushing forward, which I think is what yeah. led the judges to believe he was winning that fight, that that mm. swayed the judges in that direction. Um, a, a big vibe I was getting across from, from Kai was just that he was really waiting for that counter. He was waiting for that moment where he can just, you know, step back, bang, bang. You know, almost, almost mm. like his teammate Izzy, you know, Adesanya. He was kind of fighting like that, like very defensive countery, um, mm. counter striking. And you know, I, I, I think it works so well for Adesanya because 
of his body type and his body structure. I think yeah. I think he's built for that style of fighting. But mm. with Kai, I feel like one of Kai's strongest points is that he looks so dangerous moving forward. And mm. you can see in the fight how fast Amir backed up out of those positions when Kai was putting the foot down. Yeah. Um, mm. It was a weird one, man, because when you – and the commentators are talking about it throughout the fight, but you look at the significant strikes overall – I mean, it's not even a question. Kai had way more than Amir, right? But what I noticed when I was watching the fight, it didn't feel like that for one. And I thought, especially in the earlier rounds, a lot of the strikes that Kai was doing, a fair few of them were glancing off. And I don't know how much damage they were actually doing. But what I saw, then that changed absolutely, especially in, in the fourth and the, and the fifth rounds. But Amir was pressuring. He wasn't striking that much. But when he did get the strikes in, they landed. And I felt like the judges could have seen that as like, well, that actually might have done more damage. The counter to that is like, aside from the third, where Abazi had like, he took him down, had a lot of ground control. Kai kind of came mm. back in the last 30 seconds and, and did some nice ground and pound. But he, I, I wouldn't say that he was necessarily doing much damage when he when he had the takedown. He was just controlling him against the uh, against the fence and on the ground. So it was just a really, really close and weird fight to call. So I can understand why there's been a little bit of controversy about it. But I, I feel like you can't just go straight off to significant strikes and say, "Well, Kai won," because that's not how it's judged. You know. And they never have. They never have. Yeah. We've seen this time and time again where one fight up pushes that pace a little bit more than the other mm. and is always moving aggressively forward. He's moving forward the entire fight. Yeah. He's taking a lot of shots because of it, but somehow scrapes a split decision win. We've seen it at the highest yeah. level of the game for many, many years. You know, And there is a saying, don't leave it in the hands of the judges for a good reason, <laughs> for yeah. a good reason. Yeah. You know, because because this can happen. I, I, I do feel like Kai Kara France won. Um, Same. I, I I thought honestly, I thought he had a lot of good rounds. If you're looking at the counter striking, he was he was doing a beautiful, mm. he was doing beautiful work of back, backing up just enough to to make Amir pay. You know, or slipping or leaning back from a jab and making him yeah. pay with with combos of two and three. And he definitely finished the fight strong. That's why at the end he of did. the fight. You know, there was a there's a part of me that was like, that is such a strong way to finish because that mm. the way Kai finished was strong. He finished with a massive flurry of shots. He was kind of like showboating a bit, like stand here and bang. And yeah. I thought that was a great way to finish. But for whatever reason, I had an overwhelming feeling that mm. Amir was going to get the nod. And you know, yeah. lo and behold. I, I think it, it definitely came down to how close some of those earlier rounds were. Like if if I was to break it down in my opinion i thought amir won the first round but i can see why people gave it to kai kai i thought won the second but i also thought like that was close too because as i mentioned a lot of the strikes kai were getting in i thought they were glancing and not doing much damage and and amir when he was striking less frequently was certainly landing i thought clear that albazi won the third because uh, he dominated most of the uh, of the ground control aside from the last 30 seconds Fourth definitely goes to Kai. So in my opinion, I thought it actually came down to that last round. And I thought Kai got that last round, so I would have given it to Kai. But one of the two of those rounds go the other way, then the decision goes to Arbazi. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And as you said, one and two, I gave to Kai as well. But yeah. I don't think you like 
it was one of those moments where at the end of the round, I was like, ah, probably Kai. Like Kai got that round, mm. you know what I mean? Like, mm. like it wasn't enough to be like Kai definitely got that round or, or like- For sure. Yeah, where it was just an imprinted image of like, yep, Kai easily. You know, and now Barzi with that that ground control time and that that yeah. choke attack that it just looks so scary in that three. Definitely scary, gave man. it to him. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. You can't leave. Yeah, it it, it is a hard proposition to to leave mm. fights to the judges, but it's not like you have much of a choice. You know, no. coming from me, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> like uh, Well, it'd be nice to be like, oh, just 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 knock him out. Like it's not easy yeah. as easy as that, right? No, it is certainly not. So, it is what it is. Where does oh, mate, Kai is much in a position of of gatekeeping. Um, for now, yeah. I think they are going to set up Amir for a title shot. You know, after Moreno fights. Yeah. Um, I forget his name. Oh, top of my head. You, you got this. I want to look it up because I can't remember um, either. I, um, Rodriguez? No, starts with P. Is, is, he not, <laughs> is he not fighting on, on your, it's he, not on your he, card? He is. I'm pretty, pretty it sure. It is. It is. Yeah, Pentoya. SA. I was Pentoya, like, I thought he Pentoya, was fighting on your Pentoya. card. Right, no, yeah, I, yeah. I said Rodriguez because like it, it sounds his fight name. Uh, <laughs> sounds similar to his last to that guy's last name, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. So I can see them lining up Amir with um, I don't know with the winner of that fight and uh, Kai. You know that division is 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 such a hard place to be in. It's a hard one because who does Kai fight now? You know who has don't earned the right to fight Kai? Because yeah, if you look at it, Kai is kind of. You beat Kai, you get a title shot, sort of thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Kind of like where I'm at right now is like you beat me, you kind of get a title shot. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, um, who, who does he fight? Because Amir was already a dude with only four fights in the UFC and getting, getting that fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. Um, so you, yeah. like, I would say like Kai would probably go away, have, I reckon if he won his next two fights, he'd be in line for a title shot, right? Because like mm. if you, if you put it down, if, Moreno beats Pentoya, right? Which I, we can talk about the predictions in that later episode, um, which I assume that would happen. Who would Moreno fight next? Albazi, mm. right? And then it, it, let's say uh, Moreno wins or Albazi wins and Kai's won a lot in his, his last couple of fights, yep. he easily put him in there, in, in there. So I still think he can be in the running for the title shot so long as the next two fights he wins, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely. But with that, dis- with that division, who fights Kai? You know? I can point. I can literally see the guys that like the second guy that fights Kai not even being in the UFC right now, yeah. and and you know getting his debut, winning a fight, and fighting Kai like just because mm. the depth of that of that division because UFC don't invest into that that division enough. Yeah. They don't try to stack it out. They don't try to fill it out. They don't try to stack yeah. out the top ten. It's um yeah, it is what it is, you know. But that's I'll tell you what. What what is um what is Brandon Royval Royval doing or Royval? Yeah, like, Royval. Yeah, wouldn't that, that be the next? Like, like it, he's very similar to here to Kai now in the rankings. He's fourth yeah. and Kai's fifth. That's probably the the easiest matchup to make, right? Because I don't yeah, know what Figueredo is doing at the moment. Be, because I think Figueredo's going up. I think he's going up. Th- is Figueredo yeah, going up? I'm pretty sure he's going. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going up. There so go. um. 
And that's another thing. Like one of the, those divisions where all the talent is stacked so heavily in the, the top end, everyone, yeah. they all fight each other and they smash everybody trying to get in. <laughs> and that's... You know, it's the that, theme of the it, UFC. <laughs> well, you see that across different divisions. It yeah, happens yeah. where you get a bunch of dudes that are super, super marginally close and yeah. then the rest, there is just a gap. So no one can break into that that new cool club. For sure. But, but everybody in that cool club kind of gets landlocked. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that and that is that is seen in a lot like in my division. It's seen in the welterweight mm. division a bit. No, not so much. Welterweight's kind of stacked. Uh, a lot heavyweight division for sure. Yeah. You know, um, but so yeah, you know, what's going to be interesting now is like I I personally thought Abazi would have had him like before the fight. I thought he would have been a little bit more dominant. I thought he would have won mm. a little bit more convincingly. But it was a very very close fight, and most people think it, it, it should have gone to Kai. How is he going to fare against Moreno? Like, uh, I can't well, imagine him winning if Moreno was to, to stay as champ. Yeah, hypothetically, Amir versus yeah. Moreno. Yeah. The Amir that fought Kai, he doesn't beat Moreno. Moreno no. No. is hands, a, hand, yeah, hands above much. His striking is much cleaner, much yeah. more technical. His grappling and wrestling and the way he mixes it into his strikes and into his stance yeah. is just perfect. You know, he, he's you've seen... Throughout his career, he's been working those kicks to and really sliding them in nicely into his combos yeah. and using them to set up combos and to set up mm. takedowns. He he's a hard fight for Amir. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe Amir just had a night. You know, just had a night. But yeah, we, he's got to make some changes to to make it a competitive fight for Moreno. Definitely. For sure. Well, let us know what you think in the comments below. I'm sure many people are going to be in favor of Kai. But Rob, I, I didn't watch the rest of the the, the the card, I admittedly, but you wanted to talk about some other fights on, on, yeah. on the card as well. Two fights I wanted to pick up particular is um, one, I'll work off the co-main first, Alex Caceres versus Daniel Pineda. Yeah. That, was, um, that was an interesting fight. If anyone watched it, you saw... Alex Caceres was kind of just picking him apart. He was, he was floating away, picking him apart, damaging him when he's moving forward, damaging yeah. him on the outside, really using that distance in his stance, switching to ultimate effect against Daniel. Daniel yeah. Panito, Panito was just walking forward like a tank, walking forward, eating shots for the whole fight, yeah. the whole fight. But you saw there, and this is what I want to bring up, Alex you know, he did just enough, just enough. He he didn't s sit down on any of his strikes. I feel like Caceres had numerous opportunity then. Like, yeah, mm. he was a clean fight. Didn't really get hit too much. Didn't take too much damage, stuff and takedowns. You know, Daniel was, was constantly threatening that the whole fight. But if he once, – once like Daniel's body language, for one, was – not there. He looked gassed, <laughs> like yeah. 90% of the fight, like hands on hips, walking away, took some body kicks and like bent over, hunched over, then walked <laughs> away, like like turned his back. It was crazy. Yeah. The body language of Benito is crazy. But I feel like if Caceres just sat on his punches a little bit or like just started like really hammering effective shots, doubling down on some of the shots because Daniel was uh, – like Panita was open. He could have put him away, and I think there are there are fights like 
that fight, Alex Caceres versus Panita, I think there are fights like that where, yeah, you can win that way. You can win by decision by picking him apart, touching him up, and then walk away. But if you don't get into the habit now of trying to sit onto your, sit on your punches, look for those opportunities to put people away, you're never going to develop that side of the game. And it's something I've had to work on as well. You know, yeah. I think it's it's something that a lot of fighters forget about or, or aren't aware about. It. It's like because like trying to get the finish in a fight is is all it's it's almost it's very hard to quantify. You know, because mm. every obviously every fighter going in there is trying to finish their opponent. But I think it's a game of inches, you know, and of like small percentage increments in your training of trying to put people away, finding those holes. All right, now's the time to load up. Now's the time to throw these attacks. Now's the time to stop going, to stop leg kicking because the dude can barely walk his <laughs> gas and start throwing head kicks only, you yeah. know, making those decisions. And, yeah, did he make a poor decision? No, he didn't. He won the fight. You know, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Maybe he, he switches it up and loses somehow. But I think mm. it is a, it's an invaluable skill to have is, is finding those opportunities because they, they're not always about putting people away. It's just about being able to see the opportunities in the moment. But right. anyway, it was a very good fight from him. I thought it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a textbook Caceres fight, floaty, moving around, yep. hard to touch, just touching, you know, putting shots on the other guy. Beautiful fight. Mm. Beautiful kicking and then we, things. Then we have Jim Miller, who like I actually did see this because there's only 23 seconds of it to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but Mate, tell us about that one. But I am I I I had him tipped to win Miller, the old dog, you know, the old head of the game. Yeah. I'm gonna pull it up again. I just want to watch I it. I am <laughs> so happy to see him get in there like yeah. like he does and just just yeah, just land that knockout win over Butler that yeah. in that fashion. Cause um I yeah, it was just it's such a beautiful thing to see, especially for a guy like for such a for for a veteran like Miller. I think it how old is he now? I want to say 36. Like I'll I will it, conf- I'll confirm that. He, now. he feels like I feel like he's been in the game mm. forever. He's, 30, he's 39. He's 30, so 39, you, were, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember looking up to him before I was in the UFC. He's just, yeah, it makes me happy to see the old dogs get it like that, especially yeah. in that fashion. And then he was done dirty by, um, oh, it might have been Bisping asking him when, well, when you got to retire, mate. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> after, after a win. Yeah. Or at all, in my opinion. And, and that's not a quote because he didn't say it like that. Yeah, and yeah. he did come across respectful, like, all respect, just win, knockout win. But when have you thought about finishing this up? And I thought it was such <laughs> a funny thing to say to someone who just had a 23-second <laughs> knockout. Like, <laughs> like, let him come out with that on his own terms. Like, if, 100%. Maybe if he was... Maybe if roles were reversed, you bring that up. But, <laughs> but then again, like Miller's been in the game forever, so yeah, it was very happy for Miller, yeah. and that kind of that that kind of sums up the fight night for, for for me. You know, everything I wanted to speak about and touch on. For sure, it was such a cool knockout. By the way, like he, he, you know those knockouts where they really look like they've been put to sleep. He was just against yep. the cage. I think his knees were bent, and it's just gone it was yep. great to see yep. so nice work yep. to jim miller and that was 
our thoughts of the latest UFC uh, fight night. But now we've got predictions for the upcoming UFC 289. It is good. We've had a lot of fight nights, Rob. We've had a lot mm-hmm. of fight nights. Mm-hmm. It's good to have a, a big event again. So let's talk about the main event. Amanda Nunes against Irene Aldana. Now, this obviously wasn't meant to be the fight. It was meant to be the trilogy between Amanda and Penna. Um, mm-hmm. But was, was it Penna got injured? She pulled out a, a month before the fight. Um, she did. Yeah. So now it's against Irene Aldana, the backup. But it's an interesting matchup. I think most people are going to say that Nunes has got the win. But I'm keen to know your thoughts on this one, Rob. Well, let me start with... I, Amanda Nunes, the level difference in the division is massive, I believe. I think she's just a powerhouse in the division. And she's she yeah. has proven it. She's a powerhouse in the division. I do think, though, like one of her strongest assets is her confidence and belief in herself. Mm. She thinks she's untouchable. And I do feel like with that first Pena fight, it got to a head. I feel like the Amanda we saw who turned up in that fight wasn't the Amanda we're used to seeing, you know, and it was such right. a surprise and shocked to everyone around that, you know, she lost. It was it was unfathomable yeah. before then. Everyone thought she was gonna run through Pena mm-hmm. again. And then the rematch I was shocked, and she man. took a Genuinely Yeah, but then shocked. but then we saw the Pena, uh, we saw Amanda come back. We saw yeah. Amanda come back and take her belt back. The, yeah. The Amanda we thought we were going to see that first fight, you yeah. know, and I think I I do believe that 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 Pena loss lit a fire back in her, like made, you know, showed her her Achilles heel, you know, mm. showed her 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 mortality, if you will, because, and I think that Amanda moving into this Irene Aldana fight, you know, yeah. month notice. Uh, is it just looks so bad for Aldana. And and it's not to say that Aldana can't do it, but we have the Amanda that we've always seen, you know, an absolute yeah. powerhouse in the game who lost her invincibility from Pena, then mm. regained it. And and that is even more dangerous, I believe, because Amanda's it like relitified because Champions, when they've been dominating the game like she has, mm. they get complacent. It's hard not to. When you're the best woman in the world, when you're the best in the world and no one can beat you and yeah. you prove you prove time and time again that you're the best in the world, how do you stay sharp? You know, how, how do you, how do you, yeah, exactly. And, and everyone's that, coming for you. Like everyone's training, targeting you down. Like it is, like I could imagine how hard it is to be in that position. Exactly, and Amanda, you know, lost some, lost her invincibility to to Pena, refound herself, came back, beat, got yeah. her belt back, and now we're going to see a weathered, tested. Mm. I don't know. It is just. It's like when GSP lost his belt and came back. He was such a harder problem. Like he didn't lose yeah. again. He didn't lose his belt again until he retired. You know. Mm. <laughs> Like some silly defenses later, it's uh yeah it it is going to be an absolute nightmarish of a task for Irene. Yeah, I I mean I I completely agree, and I, I was reading a, again as I do reading a couple of prediction articles, and one article was saying that 
if there was anything that you could be given into the favor of, of Irene, it's the fact that she has some nice, straight, stiff punches. And that was um, Nunez's Achilles heel in that first Pena fight. So if there was anything, right, it's it's Aldana's great kickboxing and those strikes. But like it's just it's just Nunez. I can't I can't see Nunez losing it's this so one. So hard to bet against her. Yeah. Yeah. Even so, after uh, the loss, it's so hard. <laughs> correct. So both of us where we're going for Amanda Nunez for the win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that moves yeah. us to the co main. Charles Oliveira and Benil. Dariush, holy crap! Like we want, we're going to see this at the last one, and it was delayed, obviously, with Oliveira getting injured. But we're ha- we're having it now. I'm so excited for this one. All right, so kind of breaking it down. Obviously, Oliveira is coming off the loss against Makachev, um, but beforehand, that was his golden hour. It was insane. He was beating all these straight killers in the division. Dariush mm-hmm. is. On a nice string of wins, he's been slowly but surely working his way up the card, beating people, beating people like Gamrot uh, recently, Ferguson as well. Obviously, Ferguson when he was kind of going downhill. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, but- I, I laugh because we <laughs> beforehand I asked which which timeline Ferguson did he beat? <laughs> we looked it up, and it was like just after he fought Gaethje. Yeah, and who else? Uh, it was smack bang in the middle. Yeah, it was like he just had just fought Gaethje. He had just fought. Ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it up now. Yeah, I can't okay. remember who that other fight was. We literally just looked at it too. God damn, it was yeah, it was Gaethje and um, Oliveira. Sorry, okay. sorry. Yeah, yeah, Oliveira was yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he fought. He fought Gate. No, he fought. He, he beat Cerrone. He, he no, fought Oliveira. He fought Gaethje, then Oliveira. Gaethje, Oliveira. Yeah. Then Dariush. Then then um, Chandler. Chandler. <laughs> and then Diaz. And like, yeah. He he. <laughs> what a way he to go. Versed the hard like. He he versed like. Beat up timeline Ferguson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But I've got to say, I'm very. Very interested in this fight. For one, I love both fighters. Yeah. I think both fighters are just such great, great role models for the game. For sure. But I gotta say, I think Dariush is gonna gonna offer like show a lot of problems for Oliveira because yeah. uh, I gotta say, Benil's Dariush's game has increased exponentially across every fight. Every fight we see a new aspect 100%. of of his game and it's stronger than it was the fight before. Mm-hmm. And we see the discipline in his last fight. We saw the grappling in one of his fights. We saw the, the yeah. knockout power, the tenacity, yeah. the toughness. He is such – and he, like I said, every single fight he gets better by leaps and bounds, mm-hmm. and especially in that last fight with Gamrod, like we saw him being able to deal with a guy that just wants to push forward, that just wants to push yeah. forward and walk through shots, to land shots, and mm-hmm. I feel like that is Oliveira's like weakest point in his entire game is that he walks forward. He likes sure. standing in that mid-range to harass you, to set up everything else. And yeah. in every fight he's had in the last handful, we've seen him get dropped because of that. 
Like he's yep. been dropped there. Hundred percent. He got dropped by Makachev. He got dropped by um, Gagey. He got dropped by Chandler. Uh, I think Chandler, Chandler had a good yeah hit well. against him. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Like because of that reason, he walks forward. He puts that pressure on. Yeah. And to great success as well, because if he doesn't get put away, he's landing shots on you, and he puts you away. You see, yeah. That's how he. That's how he gets those guys out of there. But. Yeah. With the look that Dariush gave us in his last fight, mm -hmm. it just looks so dangerous, especially with the Dariush that's that's you know riding so much momentum right now. He knows this is the best version of himself at yeah. the moment, and I think it is a dangerous fight, especially because Dariush believes he's a better grappler. He might be equals. He's not afraid of the of the takedowns, and no. that's one thing. That's one thing. What Gaethje and Chandler and all those guys didn't want to deal with was when they they knocked um, Oliveira down and, and and got the the, the knockdown. They didn't engage in the grappling. They didn't go. They there didn't to want beat to. Up. That was scary. They didn't want no piece of that, <laughs> which is a smart thing to do. Darius yeah, yeah. isn't gonna fear that, you know. No, and he's not. we saw with Makachev, he didn't fear it. He just jumped straight in there, and look what happened. And yep. I think, I think. Yeah, I, I do think that is going to be a real strong point for Darius is that he's going to take the fight wherever he wants. If he wants to stand, yeah. he's going to stand. If he wants to take it to the ground, he's going to take it to the ground. And I think that's a, just a lot of power to have. For sure. I, I'm honestly very similar wavelength as you. I've been following Benil very closely. I've always been a fan of him, um, particularly because of the Iranian connection he and I have. But Early on, as he was getting, like, he was fighting in the UFC, like, he's always been seen as a fantastic grappler. But then, especially in those in in those fights against, like, Scott Holtzman, and he's been showing off his knockout ability with, like, the spinning back fist. And we know that Oliveira has that vulnerability in his defense. So I, I genuinely, if I was to put, like, a, not just, like, oh, I think Benil's going to win. I actually think Benil's going to get a knockout. Like, oh, or a TKO. I think Oliveira... I'm not going to say he's going to be too cocky or anything, but he's going to leave himself open and Benil's going to take that shot. Or he'll take that shot. And as you said, Rob, he will be willing to engage him on the ground because he has full confidence in his grappling ability. So I, I know I know Oliveira's, you know, he's beaten the the best of the best. He was doing amazing mm -hmm. in that in, in that division. But he also just came off of that loss against Makachev, and I could see it mm -hmm. being finished very similarly in this fight. Yeah, definitely. And uh yeah, it. Yeah, with that with that last fight we saw against Gamron, yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be a very hard fight for Oliveira. And you, I know you weren't saying he's cocky. You don't have to say he's cocky. Oliveira has holes in his striking. He catch yeah. clipped every fight. Every fight, but yeah. understandably, it's part of his game. Like he likes standing in that mid range. He likes yeah. being in that distance where he can hit you, and he mm. does put shots on you. You know, yeah. very technical striking, straightforward. Yeah. But I just don't think taking shots against Darius is a good idea. No. You know, so if you he, would have your he, official he, prediction, it is definitely Darius. Darius, I do have it. I, I do have it. I think it's going to be via stoppage as well. Not yeah. not TKO, KO, but I also see a submission. I, I can see. Yeah, for sure. You know, like Makachev showed that Oliveira is not invincible on the ground. Absolutely not. And then, like, if if Benil hypothetically again was to win, he would go up. And he would fight Makachev, right? This is this is a, a contenders fight. Yeah. 
He, he sure. has to. He has to at this point. He has he's he has earned it. a very big gauntlet <laughs> to get this shot. So he yeah. yeah, I I think this is this is for number one contention. For sure. So it's gonna be very exciting. But that is the co main. That was also UFC two eight nine. Did you did you have any other fights that you wanted to kind of rattle off from or are you happy I, to move on? No, I am excited for this weekend's card and yeah. excited for our next segment. Yeah, we're going on to the games news. Admittedly, compared to to the past couple of weeks, a little bit quiet on the games news front, but that's only (laughs) because tomorrow we have the Summer Games Fest. On uh, The time conversions are confusing, but Monday morning our time, Sunday night at US time, we have the Xbox Showcase, then we have the Ubisoft Showcase. There's a Capcom one in there somewhere. So next week, we're going to have so many things to, to talk about. It's going to be a jam-packed games news episode. But I think the, the biggest news from this week is Diablo 4's launch. So the mm. game has been in early access for a little bit for people who had pre-ordered the game. It is now officially launched. Great reviews. 89 on Open Critic. It is Blizzard's fastest-selling game of all time. They've been marketing the crap out of this thing. Rob, did you see any of the photos from like they had like the 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 cultists in the red robes walking around Sydney? Yep. Yep. It was I the coolest thing, man. And they and they're working <laughs> with like Halsey and and Megan Fox is doing like this thing where the people that get to a certain rank or something, she'll like say their obituary. Just engaging like celebrity talent so it's it's no doubt you know no surprise why this game is selling so well um but rob you were saying i know you know we we have our section where we're talking about what we're playing but you have started playing diablo 4 i have i have today and uh i gotta say it doesn't surprise me that this is um blizzard's fastest selling game honestly Mm, because for sure I, i the the time between three and and this has been, yeah, oh, has, has has been long enough. People, the Diablo fans, Diablo has its own cult following, massive, mm. like up there with like wow levels of yep. cult following. Like Diablo two was an is an iconic mm-hmm. MMO. Yeah, no, it's like an ARPG. ARPG, MMO ARPG. It's like it's iconic, iconic in the in the entire genre. And and three launched. It three's not the best game, okay, Mm. hands down. Still had tons of guys, lot of lot of um, like Diablo cultists still still flocked to the game, but it wasn't the best launch, which is why I think it all just played into this being their fastest selling game, For because sure. with three with two being the iconic standout, it's like the granddaddy of just about all the others, right? All the other clones yeah. that popped up, and three not being the best launch ever, not being the best game ever, leaving mm. a lot to be desired. Even lore-wise, story-wise, mm. gameplay-wise, four, and the way they did it, they 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 ticked they ticked every every box, they dotted every i, crossed every t. The way they launched four, spectacular. The the way the game feels, everything three didn't have four does, and yep. everything that was good in two, four has. Mm-hmm. And mate. I, I did. I jumped on it this afternoon. I started playing it, and I got to say, mate, it is clean. It is a clean yeah. game. It is the graphics are fun. The it's cool seeing random people running around. It's cool. The big open map is cool, and I'm 
I am nowhere. I like literally just dipped my toes today. So, <laughs> so still in Kiavashad. Like, yeah, man. I'm just like I'm trying to speed run this game at this point. Uh, I want to get to the fields of hatred and punch on with people. But um, you're a barbarian, yeah, I assume. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, I think what you were saying, man, is absolutely spot on. I I went to this the the launch event last night in Sydney, and um, they had this segment where like they recorded the devs talking about a lot of the decisions that they've made with Diablo Four. And if you really boil it down, they're trying to make Diablo more of a main stream game as you said it's always had their cult following but i think it has always struggled to break out into the mainstream and just like to general lay gamers that you know never probably never touched and myself included never really touched a diablo game the decisions that they made with the marketing who they're getting involved where they're pushing it they're, they're advertising this thing in the call of duty like announcement screen when you when you log into the game they're setting this game 50 years after the diablo 3 and bringing like doing it in a way where you can follow it, even if you don't know anything else what happened in the previous games, like because they're bringing back Lilith and and Inarius, like characters that you haven't seen in a while, kind of like a fresh slate for them. Everything that they're doing is making sure that even the most casual fan that's never touched Diablo can go into this thing and have a bunch of fun. You don't need to optimize your build for the at least for like the the main game until you get to the end game doesn't matter what you pick up or what you do. You're going to kill enemies and have a bunch of fun doing it, right? Especially if you're on World, World Tier 1. Mm-hmm. They've done a phenomenal job marketing this game to the mainstream. So this is exactly why it's selling so well. Yeah, you can tell that the developers care in this yeah. game. They care. They've, they, they've really, really gotten into the little details. They could mm-hmm. have gotten away with not doing it, but they went there. They went the extra yards and... Yeah, yeah, because of it, they've launched a excellent game so far. So, yeah, and I do believe that you know, seeing online the PvP aspect of the game because PvP wasn't a thing in three, and I think they've done such a good job introducing PvP into this game, and that's what that's what got me I, mm. into into trying to play it because I I, I like it. And, yeah, the, uh, o- the only slight on the, on this game has really been because when a lot of the reviews happened and in that early access period, um, it was a good portion of it. the The store wasn't live, so you you couldn't obviously see what the prices were and and what things were available to purchase. Now that that is live, mm-hmm. there there the only criticism or there, there's other criticisms, of course, but one of the biggest ones is the how expensive some of those items mm-hmm. are. So none of them are gameplay altering. You can't buy something that makes you play better in the game. It is purely cosmetics, which Bro, I think is a good thing, right? If you buy if you if you buy some sick drab, dude, you play better. <laughs> Look better, play better. That's just uh, how it that's is. That's like saying a red car drives faster, right? It's not true. <laughs> but Excuse yeah, maybe me? you feel it's been scientifically proven. Bull crap, Rob. Don't, don't. <laughs> send me, take your tinfoil hat off. Don't send me the article Mate, that says that. I'll read everyone it. Everyone knows red goes faster. Oh, yeah. Man. But they are, oh, yeah, I, I, I will admit, I, I did get a free code, right? So I felt like Ooh. I needed to spend my money in other ways. So I bought <laughs> one of the outfits and in Australia for one of like the, they have other ones that are cheaper, but they're like one of the premium ones um, that were being uh, featured. It was $37 AUD to buy one of these four outfits, which also is a tra- transmog right. for some of your weapons and stuff like that as well. It's obviously on the expensive side, but the fact is people are buying it. So price is equaling demand. They're like, they know what they're doing. 
Mate, I thanks for thanks for letting me know you got a code because I just spent hundred and sixty dollars on the ultimate edition. Oh, bro, I, I could I, I literally could have got you on. No, uh, I um, my kids aren't eating this week, but next week, <laughs> next week will be good. Um, it, I, I do have to <laughs> say it bad. is it is it is expensive. It is an expensive game, but mm. mate, like. Don't look at the cosmetics and be like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, you don't have to buy yeah. Relax. No, sit you don't. There, no. Sit there with your crappy clothes in your dirt rags <laughs> looking like absolute scum while I yeah. walk around and spend my money and, and waste my money doing it, okay? Don't don't yeah. negatively review <laughs> the pay store if it does nothing but make you look yeah. cool, okay? I, I will say too, man, like you can find some decent items just playing the game and everything is transmogable. So like mm. you can have your, your better looking stuff and like just display the things that you want that you think make yeah. you you know look the most and, cool. So and the game just came out. There'll be heaps. They've already got two DLCs planned. Like battle pass as well. Yeah, yeah. Everything. The battle passes are going to have heaps of content. There is a free pass. Like yeah, it, yeah. It's um, well, we don't know. I think we don't know exactly what the battle pass is going to involve. Mm, but uh, yeah, I would assume there is a free version. Yeah, it's gonna it it's gonna drop it. soon. No, nah, but I, I would assume, like, obviously there'd be a paid version of it, but there would be a free version of it, and mm. through that you can probably get some some outfits my, and skins. My biggest hang-up with Diablo 4 is the seasons. I've never mm. been a big seasons guy. I've never really been big into creating a character for the season. Understandably, the season be, can be cool, like, oh, this yeah. set's OP, this one, or we have a new mechanic in place, or we have new bosses in place for this season. I like that. I like running right. it through. But then at the end of the season, the idea of losing all my hard work and having to start again never sits well with me. And Fair I've enough. had that problem with... Every Diablo season <laughs> across all the games, <laughs> Poe as well. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know how that'll impact me. I'm I'm, I'm not going to worry about it now because that's mid 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 June's problem. But yep. PvP might be the the way I get around that. But I I, I am enjoying it. You know, long story short, awesome. yeah. I give it nine potatoes out of ten. <laughs> I was waiting for your crazy rating mm. scheme. But that is Diablo 4's launch. Um, the, the the next topic that I have here, like we don't have to touch on it too much. It's very difficult. But for the Xbox showcase, essentially uh, one of the heads at Xbox has confirmed there's not going to be any CGI trailers. There's not going to be movie trailers. It is going to be all gameplay or all stuff that is in-engine. And it was admittedly a little bit of a subtle dig at PlayStation, if you remember <laughs> the last discussion that we had about the PlayStation no, they, showcase. They listened to our podcast, bro. Oh, they, absolutely. They, they changed everything. <laughs> yeah, they heard their reviews and be like, Rob and Johnny just blasted PlayStation. We need to change. Change everything right yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. that's what they said. So, like, whatever we see. Now, look, there can still be in-engine stuff that feels CGI-y because, like, it's not actual gameplay. Like, there are tricks that they can adopt in that regard. But at the very least, everything is going to be in-engine or gameplay. So, in terms of what's going to be there, we're obviously going to have Starfield after it. I reckon we're going to get something with Avowed. I think we're going to get something with Hellblade 2. And I think at this stage, they have all but hinted at Fable. I think we're going to see something Fable as well. Yep, yep, yep. We'll have to wait and see. But it's that is be very exciting. It's, it is. It is. It's not subtle. 
it's not a subtle dig at PlayStation. PlayStation launched, uh, two million people said <laughs> that there were too many cutscenes, <laughs> and Xbox was like, all right, all right. we got this. <laughs> <laughs> cut every movie, it's like they had, they pretty much had to rewrite their entire show. But yeah, it's... Uh, Oh, no, for cool. sure they do that. I, I, I have hey, no see, doubt. That's what they yeah. do. Even within a couple of weeks, I know a lot of this stuff is planned out, you know, months in advance, but mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee that they would have seen the PlayStation thing and been like, nah, let's, let's cut that, cut that, because we yeah. don't want to be getting you the know, same criticism. I guess that's like, that's a risk you take going first, you know, because the, the competition, well, especially now that, like they're doing their own showcases now, right? That's a problem that hasn't yeah. really existed yet because, yeah, um, um, in, pff, existed because they've all been together. They all launch at the same time, yeah. and they don't really yeah. now. Like, they're weeks apart, you know. Yeah, like, they, anything they, they can, can change. They can adjust on the fly. They can let their competitor go first. Yeah, and and yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be very interesting to see what is announced. Like next week's podcast is going to be full of our thoughts about all the reveals, all the gameplay announcements. So stick around for that. But next segment we have is what we're mm. watching, playing, and reading. Rob, what have you, you been getting up to this week in between your fight uh, camp? Reading. What have I been reading? It's, uh, I mean, I haven't really committed to anything in uh, book form. Yeah, I've I've been dabbling with a couple little titles, but they haven't yeah. really. They're not worth me bringing up yet. Let's see if they get. They've got mm. to pass, you know, the the, the test. <laughs> I did say I read Dawn of the Void last week, and that wasn't bad. But yeah, I cool. haven't picked up the second book, even though the second book has just come out. I haven't picked it up yet because yeah, mm, I don't know if I want to jump back into it. But yeah, I'll let you know when I pick something good up. Watching cool. wise, anime wise, um. I've been watching a little bit of that, rom- like the latest romance ones for the season. Um, on Crunchyroll. Yeah, on Crunchyroll. Just hit Simul season and yeah. check out the latest romance ones. It's it's all right. Like, I'm watching what, My Love Story with Yamada. Yeah, I've heard good things about What's that. with these titles, by the way? These guys are getting The titles, they've been getting Honestly, it out dude. of hand for the freaking longest time, but how did they even get away with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, and for, for, for another point, like it doesn't even freaking make sense. <laughs> no. What's the last one? It's like the um, Harry Potter wizard one. Apparently, it's like a mix between Harry Potter and One Punch Man. Um it's part of the latest seasons. I'm going to find out what anime it is. Uh, uh, anime. Oh, I don't know. There's one that's like, like all these titles, The Aristocrats, Otherworldly Adventures, Serving <laughs> God 2, are like, gee whiz. Just- Wizard, anime, Crunchyroll. I'm, I'm like, this is literally what I'm searching. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, so many. Watch this boy as a professional wizard. The wizard. That's not, that is not it. I'm going to find it. <laughs> uh, what are these names, go, bro? You're going to go down a dangerous <laughs> rabbit hole there. But anyway, I, the... Yeah, I haven't really been watching anything that knocks my socks off either. The the romance ones are like some feel good ones. They're all right, but this yeah. you, it's just uh, nothing yeah. nothing crazy right now. Playing though, playing. Mm. I've been playing Ragnarok online, yeah, um, which I've mentioned before. I've been playing that, but on my on a private server, not on not on the official. The official I do not have time for. Yeah, um, and I told you I just started Diablo Four, so. Nice. Um, and obviously, we played Street far. Fighter Six together as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In my free time, I just smashed you at Street Fighter. <laughs> but around that, it's uh-huh. it's um, 
<laughs> I'm never gonna let you live that down. But yeah, yeah I've, I've just tried out Diablo Four. I'm trying to yeah. level fast. I, like, yeah, I just nice. want to get to end game. Like, not even end game. I just want to get. I don't like quests. I don't like quests. Fair. I don't like. Sto- I've realized that I don't like quests. I don't like storylines. I just want to give me a world I can go around and do whatever I want in. I can stab well, things well, if yeah, I want. I yeah. can sit under a tree, eat, yeah. eat picnics if I want. I just want. That's yeah. all I want. Fair. I mean, I'm playing Diablo now as well. I haven't played it for the last couple of days, but I'm playing as a rogue, level 30 at the moment. And I've just been wanting to do dungeons. I just finished Act 1 because I just want to yeah. like run around and explore stuff. And But don't get me wrong, Rob. Like The cinematics and the storytelling is actually really solid. Like Some of oh, the CGI sorry. that they have in the, there is insane. The opening cinematic, like when oh. you first download and install the oh. game, actually scary. I, I yeah. didn't like watching it. It made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> You're have nightmares. I was, like, I was like, this is gross and demonic and I don't yeah. think I should be watching it. Like, <laughs> no, it was so, so cool, dude. Yeah, I, I've it, been having a blast really with, well with that as well. The voice um, acting is sensational too. Brilliant. So, some of the NPCs are a little bit suspect, um, but yeah, otherwise Mate, they, they've been very Diablo good. game. Everyone's suspect. <laughs> Everyone's but what suspect. I've been watching as well, Rob, man, Full Metal Alchemist, I'm hooked. Genuinely oh, hooked, man. Like I'm every chance that I get, I'm watching. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what I dude, wanted to hear, my boy. Dude, how good is it? It it's just like it's not even just like, a, like there are twists and stuff like that. It's genuine like character building. Um, some of the 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 political moments that they deal with, like mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm, interesting and unique themes. It's not just like crazy shonen, you know. Mate. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's actually not interesting at to watch. All. It is no, like, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is like, it's for mature. Like, they start as kids, but it gets mature fast. And they age during yep. the series, which yeah. is cool. How cool are the combat scenes, Bart, mate? Oh, dude. Like, Freaking sick. Like I, I'm, that I don't want to give spoilers. Clicking the flames. Yeah, and yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. And with the clapping, like, I remember when I was a kid, just, oh, it was so cool. Dude, I just watched this fight scene, and I won't say who it against, who it was against, but it was both of them fighting this one dude, and just they were both getting into the alchemy. It was sick, and then there was yeah. another fight going on, and ah, oh, uh, it is such yeah. a good anime, such a good. But anime. I will say though, man, it's like not even necessarily the the combat scenes that is attracting yeah. me more. It, it is the storytelling. It is like the twists and yep. turns, the really dark themes that it deals with. They're dealing mm-hmm. with loss. They're 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 maturing at the same time it is like they're forming connections with each other it's phenomenal it's hard to talk yeah. about something when you're not giving spoilers yeah. but and you need to watch so it so good though it's so yeah. good i told you it's it's got to be up there it's it's up there with one of the best you've watched isn't it 100 no 100 uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would i would say i'm enjoying it like i'm getting the same feeling as i got as i did with black clover and that's and saying what, a lot for me because i fucking love black clover what, it what is, episode are you up to I think 20, 20 yeah, something. Mate, how good is that? You've got like another 20 to go. I know. It's great. How good it's is great. that? And like, it only gets better. All like, right. All dude, right. Dude, I'll leave you to it. It's so good. And when you finish that one, I'll give you another masterpiece on top of that. All I've right. Got, I've got a list. And every, to all our <laughs> listeners out there, if you haven't, if you like, if you enjoy anime and you yeah. want to watch one, watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood with Johnny so you understand 100%. the emotions that we're trying to portray right now. It is so good. 
Yeah. You know. But next up, I mean, that's what we're watching, playing, and reading. So, mm-hmm. Someone, by the way, in the comments was like, Johnny, do you, ne- you don't read anything? I don't really read. I don't really <laughs> read novels. I've got too much other stuff going on, playing games, watching anime, and doing YouTube. Yeah. That's my yeah. life outside of work. Um, but in terms of uh, questions, obviously, if you want to submit your questions, please do so in the comments below. Mm-hmm. But today, mm-hmm. we're starting off with Adam Hunt. Who asks, Rob, how much running do you normally do during fight camp? Do you keep the running up between fights? What's your cardio like, Rob? Hmm. hmm. Well, it's running cardio. My cardio right now is sensational. Nice. You know, I think I got I had like a resting heart rate of like 36 the other day. Damn. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. My cardio is really good right now. Mm. But running specific, it's... There's a lot of sessions I've got to hit. There's a lot of different yeah. types of uh, of um, techniques, man. MMA is so packed to the gills with with right. just arts and 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 mm. styles that I just don't have a lot of time to just fit in straight running. Yeah. Um, a lot of outside of camps, I do a lot of running because I do a lot of I do less contact sessions, like full ball yeah. competition sessions. Yeah. So I, I fit in more running during then, but normally. Yeah. The running is to build the load endurance for my feet and legs. Right. And then and then the boxing and the kickboxing keeps it going, you know, mm. conditions it more. It's more mm. running is more about building a foundation. Yeah. But uh and then I'll pick it back up when I can reduce the amount of competition sessions I have because I'm not in camp and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Fair. Next question that we have is from some guy asking, question for both Rob and Johnny, what game exceeded your expectations the most? It's a very hard one because you have to kind of think about all the games that you played. Mm-hmm. But Rob, mm-hmm. do you have a game that exceeded your expectations? By yeah, bro. Mm. Uh, Backpack Hero. Like if you like Backpack indie games. Okay. Yeah, bro. It's right. so like a $4 game on Steam. It's an indie game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, it's 2D. You just... Mm. So yeah, you, you get given an inventory, right? And yep. every the way your items are arranged in your inventory, so you kill monsters, you get items, and mm. the way you position them in your inventory affects mm. how strong they are. So you'll get like a dagger that says makes all weapons to the right of this dagger plus one. Okay. Mm. So and every time you level up, you get extra grids in a random Tetris sort of grid to make your inventory bigger. So you build your build per se is the shape of your inventory and the layout that you've put your weapons. Yeah. And for a four dollar game, bro, I must have put how many I can click it right now. I can tell you how many. I've put forty four point yeah. eight hours into it. God damn. Forty four point <laughs> eight hours in a game that is oh it's Okay, it's twenty three bucks now, but <laughs> when but when I you bought it, it, it was on sale. Yeah. It was early access. Yeah. Okay, when I bought it, it was early access. Yeah. It's that's great value bucks. for money. Even twenty three dollars yeah, to get fifty hours of gameplay. Yeah, that's got, pretty good. Yeah, dude, I got a lot of uh, gameplay yeah, time nice. out of it. So um, nice. Um, yeah, that is the game that exceeded yeah. my expectation far and beyond. Yeah. For me, it was so. This was in the early days on the Nintendo Switch, where there wasn't that many titles on there, and like you could, you were literally on the e store, and you could scroll down to the bottom and get to like view all the games, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually, a game called Mario and Rabbids came out, and I had never played Rabbids before. I have no idea what the hell they were, and I, I never really played those kinds of like strategy games. Like essentially, like you, 
you have your characters, they move certain number of spots and, and they attack other enemies and there are enemies attacking you and there are traps and all that kind of stuff. I love that game. I was absolutely hooked. I put like 50 hours into it. I completely 100%ed it and I didn't expect to. I bought it only because there was not much else to play at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go because it's Mario. And it ended up being my favorite game of that year and something that I still hold in, in very high regard. So if you haven't played Mario Rabbids on the Switch, do so. The sequel apparently is good but didn't sell that well, but the first one I absolutely love. Mm. Can I say also another game mm. that that same sort of thing, didn't expect it to be as good as it was, was ESO yeah. Online. Oh, yeah, yeah. Elder Scrolls sure. Online because, like, obviously yeah. I was such a devout fan to the Elder Souls series of like the open world, do whatever you want, you make the decisions yeah. and the consequences, right? I didn't know yeah. how that was going to transfer into an online game. And mm. I got into it a lot, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was another game. Yeah, nice. The next question that we have is from Power asking, question for both of you. What do you think of the trend of remakes and remasters? Are you sick of it or do you like seeing classics gaining revived? Personally, I love it. Games preservation is key for me. Um, I, I wouldn't say that even for me, it's like necessarily games preservation. To me, the idea of games preservation is like older games as they are at the time being brought onto a digital mm. platform. So like what Nintendo is doing with the N64 and Super Nintendo and stuff like that, right? But I actually, I do love remakes and, and remasters. Just seeing older titles come back with a, not even just a fresh coat of paint, but they do redo the mechanics. They build mm -hmm. it in a completely new engine. We saw it with yep. Dead Space. We saw it with Resident Evil this year. And this year, they've been so good that I just want more. I Definitely. want all my favorites to be remastered from the past. Definitely, mate. I am 100% with you there. I think why you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just take no. the old wheel, yeah. put a new tire on it. There's so many good games back then. Man. And they're like, let's be Man. honest, not all of us have played all of them, right? Like, and there's so many games that you've been bring doing back that with movies for years. Like, yeah, if you, you can look at any new movie and find a clone of it yep. from back in the day, you yep. can, you can, it'll take you sometimes a long time to look, but few mm. and far between, you won't yep. find. Mm. Uh, uh, like an original piece. Everything has been yeah. remastered. History repeats itself. It does. Yeah, for sure. Next question that we have is from Zane. Question for Bobby Knuckles. How bad are weight cuts and what is the process of it like? Um, weight cuts are the worst thing ever, okay, <laughs> ever. Uh, my weight cuts right now, though, not too bad because I, I, yeah. I do it – very well now, very, very well. Mm. Dehydrated for about an hour, two hours maybe at max. I make sure mm. that everything is just perfect going to it. I don't have a ton of weight to cut and I go in pretty comfortably. Yeah. it's uh, But I've done bad weight cuts. I've done 7.4 kilos day of weigh-in in the sauna. Dude, no way. And, That's uh, insane. Yeah, it, it was. Like I lost my hearing. My like I started getting what? bad cramps and pains in my stomach, and um, yeah, it's it's cutting. It's just terrible. Like Holy cuts like crap, that dude. is you're starving yourself the entire camp. Every session isn't about performance. It's about losing weight. It's about getting a sweat on, burning calories. Every meal you eat, you feel intense guilt for eating it. It's just it it is Damn. nuts how hard it is and. What's hard about it as well is just because like there isn't one diet fits all really because mm. every training session is catered to you and so every diet has to be catered to you as well because 
you aren't, we aren't all the same. We don't all train yeah. the same. We don't have the same outputs. Some of us are sprinters. Some of us are marathon runners. And yeah, it is a tricky thing to get on. Yeah, fair. Uh, and the last question that we have is from JR. Question for you both. Have you ever taken a hiatus from gaming? A big old break and not wanted to play games anymore. Rob, have, have you ever? Never. Never? That's not as sick. Never. Never. Yeah. I've, been in, I've been in phases yeah, where, yeah. Like, I just don't know what game to play. And mm. during that time, I'll probably watch more anime than I usually do, mm. or I'll read book, more books than I usually do. But yeah. there's never been a time I've just not played games. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it's, it's more, I've taken hiatuses from like tons of other games because I've just wanted to play the one thing like for a very long time. And it's because it was a necessity of work for me. I played nothing but like Fallout 76, right? Because I was working on the game so I had to play it and know it and then I went home and I made videos and, and I just played nothing but Fallout 76, right? I would say that that was my hiatus from like the rest of the mainstream gaming and just like tons of great titles for years and years and years that I missed out on because I was playing the one game and I and I regret not like saying, you know what, I need to, to, to try some other games, which is why this year I'm really trying my best to, to play as many different games as possible. But mm. I never had like a period of like, a month or two months or three months where I've just never played games. I've always yeah, had a little bit of gaming in there. It's not a thing, is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for some people, I'm sure it is. Like, go I, to university, you want to focus on study or something. Mate, I know those guys where they're like, nah, sold my Xbox. Like, <laughs> you know, gaming and I'm done with gaming. It's like, bro, it'd be like cutting an arm off. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, I don't know. Like, I've been playing games since such an early age that is that it, it really is a fundamental part of who I am. Same. And yeah, the idea, like gaming got me through some dark times. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest resources gaming is. You know, it takes you away from things. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm more of a strategic thinker because of gaming. There is just, I, yeah. Yeah. I just, I am who I am because of games. So yeah, 100%. No. And that is all the questions, and that is episode 13, the latest one in the bag. Rob, I, th- I feel like we're just getting better and better at these. Mate, we so, are nailing Running these. so smoothly. Yeah, smoothly. <laughs> we're just comfortable. We're just yapping yeah. away, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I hope you guys at home are enjoying it as well. Please do like and subscribe and tell your friends about it. Scream it from the windows to your neighbors. <laughs> Watch the episode. <laughs> Because yeah, we we run off you guys, we run off comments and and subs and likes, and yeah, we we you fuel us to to keep doing it. Hundred percent, and and we will see you next week for episode fourteen. So until then, take care, be safe, and we'll see you then. Peace.